Hello and welcome to the Business Standard Morning Show. I'm Swapnil Joglika. It's the 2nd of February 2024 and here are the questions we'll be answering today. Why is this budget more than interim? Did the interim budget tick the right boxes? What does interim budget's fiscal targets mean for bond and equity markets? And the top budget numbers and what they mean. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman almost stuck to her promise of keeping the interim budget free of any spectacular announcements. But at the same time, she tried to strike a fine balance between welfare and fiscal prudence. The budget speech was peppered with a number of people-friendly announcements like the housing scheme for the middle class. And it also promised to bring down the fiscal deficit to 5.1% of the GDP in FY25. So is this budget more than interim? Shivam Tyagi and Bashir Kumar find out in the first segment of today's special show and interim budget. Let's listen in. As she presented the interim budget for financial year 2024-2025 on February 1, Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman appeared confident that the Narendra Modi-led government would come back after the general elections to present the full budget in July. A number of factors indicate that yesterday's exercise was not just a stopgap budget. First, the finance minister outlined a clear fiscal consolidation path for the future. Sitharaman's budget speech revealed that the government intends to rein in the fiscal deficit for 2024-25 or FY25 at 5.1% of GDP, beating the expectations of several economists and analysts. Sitharaman pegged the fiscal deficit at 5.8% for the current financial year, FY24, lower than the 5.9% budgeted earlier. The Centre's post-COVID-19 fiscal consolidation plan calls for reducing the fiscal deficit to 4.5% of GDP by FY26. Overall, Sitharaman has projected better-than-expected fiscal consolidation in revised projections for FY24 as well as budget estimates for FY25 despite conservative tax buoyancy in the estimates. So, you know, an interim budget is basically meant to be a vote on account, uh, which is like accounting for uh, the likely revenues and uh, the required expenditures for a period of up to four months before a full budget is presented. Given this context, we were not really expecting any major policy changes or any major uh, announcements in this budget. What we were looking out for were two key fiscal metrics. One, the fiscal deficit to GDP ratio for FI24 revised estimates and FI24-25 budget estimates. And within this, what uh, CapEx was targeted for these two years. So on both of these counts, uh, the uh, announcements today are actually better than what we were expecting. The fiscal deficit for FI24 is below what was originally budgeted. And uh, the consolidation uh, attempting uh, that is being attempted for FI25 is also sharper than what we were hoping for. At the same time, CapEx is higher than what we were penciling in for both these years. So this is all very positive. Uh, we have some concerns in terms of some of the underlying fiscal math numbers, uh, particularly the non-tax revenues, which seem to be a little bit optimistic. And uh, while the disinvestment numbers are not very large, whether or not they're uh, eventually achieved will depend on uh, uh, market factors. An interim budget is supposed to be a stopgap arrangement 
that keeps things running smoothly until the new government can make a full-fledged budget for the whole year. Just before completing its term, the incumbent government makes a plan on how to spend and save money for the next few months. However, the finance minister's budget speech also revealed that the centre would spend a record 11.11 trillion rupees on infrastructure creation in 2024-25. This allocation for capital expenditure for the year starting April 1 is 11.1% higher than the allocation in the current year. As a percentage of GDP, capital expenditure will rise to 3.4% next year, compared to 3.3% in the current year. The government has also allocated a larger portion of the interim budget to construct long-term assets such as roads and railways than has been witnessed in 30 years. Capital expenditure's share is anticipated to be 23.3% of total spends, according to the budget estimates for FY25. It is the highest allocation since FY95 budget, when it was at 24%. I believe that uh, the, the government has done commendable to be able to project that they will be able to consume 9.5 trillion out of the 10 trillion allocation that was made. And I believe that the uh, major shortfall could be because of uh, the states not being able to spend the money that was allocated to them. Last year, it was a growth of almost uh, more than 30% uh, allocation for CapEx. This year, it is about 17% on the revised estimate. That is 9.5 trillion and 11.1 trillion in this year, 9.5 trillion is the revised estimate. Therefore, a 17% growth is what I believe is what the economy in a year could absorb. And there is possibly the construction capacity addition in the country that it could absorb that level of increase. Some of the key measures related to infrastructure were also meant to increase convenience for the general public. For example, 40,000 normal rail bogies will be converted to the Vande Bharat standards. A number of other people-friendly measures were also announced. The finance minister said the centre would launch a scheme to help deserving sections of the middle class, which are currently living in rented houses, slums, chawls and unauthorised colonies, to buy or build their own houses. With the government being close to achieving the target of 30 million houses under the PM Awas Yojana Grameen, the FM announced that 20 million more houses would be taken up in the next five years in rural areas. While it kept the rates for personal, corporate and indirect taxes unchanged, the government gave relief to 10 million taxpayers grappling with outstanding tax demands. The government will withdraw all outstanding direct tax demands up to 25,000 rupees pertaining to the period up to FY 2009-10 and up to 10,000 rupees for financial years 2010-11 to 2014-15. These measures extend well into the tenure of the next government which will have to find the resources to fund them. By this yardstick, yesterday's budget was more than just an interim exercise. However, there is another yardstick too. None of these measures can be called spectacular or populist. Thus, some experts disagree, stating that the FM did indeed present an interim budget. Well, it is interim um, and I think it is only doing the things that it is supposed to do. Uh, I think if they had, uh, I think if we had seen a lot of uh, uh, pronouncements on the welfare side, etc., then I think it would, uh, it would not be that interim. So it has given in a way a direction. So you can uh, assume uh, 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 
uh, with reasonable certainty what is coming in the next budget. I mean, some of the priorities they have listed out, so there'll be more elaboration of of, uh, of those uh, in, when the when the when the final budget comes out after the elections, provided the government comes back to power. I believe this is an interim budget. There are no major announcements. All the allocations are as per trend with uh, small increases across all the line items. So I believe this is this has been an interim budget. It appears that yesterday's budget was pragmatic yet people friendly. While it wasn't quite a plain vanilla interim budget, it wasn't a pre-election populist one either. This is what experts have to say about the interim budget. Now, let's see what Business Standard's own crack team thinks. They offer us sector-wise analysis of this budget statement. Let's see if it ticks all the right boxes. Considering that it's a pre-election budget, it needed to be people-friendly and I think it has tried to tick all the right boxes. It has reached out to the forecasts that the Prime Minister has been identifying, namely the poor, the youth, farmers and women. It has also tried to reach out to the middle classes with its tax remission scheme and more housing for the urban poor. For women, it has promised uh, covering uh, Anganwadi and Asha workers under the health insurance scheme and encouraging a vaccination program for cervical cancer. For the rural and the agriculture, there are basically two standout points. The first is the uh, promise to build two crore more houses in the rural areas over the next five years. This is over and above the three crore houses already built by the Narendra Modi government since it came to power in 2014-15. And also the allocation has been kept at for Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana Gramin has been kept at around 80,000 crore, which is same as uh, which is higher than the revised estimate of FI 24, but same as the budget estimates of 20, uh, FI 24, which also means that the government's focus on building tangible rural assets continues at, as it has been in the past. The second standard point obviously is the higher allocation for one Manrega. Which, which in FI25 is almost 86,000 crore, much higher than the BE of uh, FI24, but same as the RE of FI24. But the flip side here is that higher allocation for Manrega is a reflective of a continued weakness in the rural jobs market. Ever received an income tax notice? I have. Therefore, I appreciate the finance minister's proposal to resolve tax disputes at two levels. Of course, the amount is important. 25,000 rupees for disputes up to FY10 and 10,000 from FY11 to FY15. But trust me, if you go through the process, a time will come when you will say, I will happily pay 10,000 if you spare me the process. Because the process becomes the punishment. And some of these, these disputes go back to 1962. Oh, it's a relief. Trust me, I've been through it. If 
Finance Minister in her budget has announced that close to 40,000 railway bogies would be upgraded to the Vande Bharat standards. This means that the trains would be faster, would be safer, and given that they would be running at higher speed, there would the, it will also decongest the existing railway network. That means that as a railway passenger, you would reach faster to your destination and there would be a reduction in the delays of trains. The finance minister has announced three economic corridors which would have enhanced railway connectivities. This is for energy, cement and the mineral sector, which are one of the highest railway users. This would also help in decongesting the railway network in these industrial corridors. Another very interesting announcement is for all the green energy enthusiasts. Now you can set up a solar rooftop in your house and get subsidy from the government. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman uh, surprised everybody by announcing an aggressive uh, fiscal deficit target of 5.1% uh, for FY25 in, in the interim budget that she presented. Uh, this was because most economists were expecting uh, fiscal deficit to be set at around 5.3%. Uh, uh, matched by this, he also announced uh, lower borrowing a program for FY25. This will help uh, the government reduce its uh, borrowing uh, cost uh, uh, in the financial year. Not only that, uh, the finance minister uh, said that she will overachieve the fiscal deficit target uh, for the current uh, fiscal year, which is FY24. Uh, at 5.8% uh, rather than 5.9% that she had promised last year. However, some economists also believe that the government may have kept some leg room for more pre-poll announcements before the uh, elections, so that uh, in the final budget, which uh, when the uh, next uh, which the next government may present will present in July, uh, the government uh, uh, may increase the fiscal deficit by around 0.2 percentage points. Biggest surprise uh, in this uh, budget uh, is uh, that uh, she chose uh, not uh, to provide uh, adequately uh, increased amounts to many of the welfare schemes uh, that the government uh, holds very dear to. Like the Prime, Prime Minister Kisan scheme has got the same amount of money. But if you look at the Narega, has got a little more for the current year only, but not for the next year. 86,000 yeah, yeah, that's for the current year. Yeah. And for next year is the same amount. Ari, same. same amount. So, I, I, you know, and if, even if you look at the many other schemes, yeah. uh, there is a very, very, very token increase that has been given for next year. The government's aggressive fiscal targets set bond markets on fire. Yields on 10-year government securities fell as much as 10 basis points after Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman announced lower-than-expected fiscal deficit and borrowing numbers. So will the government's fiscal glide path provide the necessary balm to bond and, in turn, equity markets? Nikita Vashish and Puneet Vadva find out in our next report. The interim budget for the financial year 2024-25 walked the talk as far as fiscal consolidation is concerned. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman has pegged the fiscal deficit target at 5.1% of the GDP for the new financial year, down around 70 basis points from 5.8% target for FY24. This is also lower than the market expectation of 52 to 5.4%. 
Add to it against analysts' estimate of gross market borrowing at 15.43 trillion rupees, the interim budget has pegged the same at 14.13 trillion rupees for the new fiscal. By comparison, gross borrowings are budgeted at 15.43 trillion rupees for the current fiscal year. Net market borrowing, meanwhile, has been pegged at 11.75 trillion rupees. The glide path's impact was seen immediately on bond yields. The yields on 10-year government securities cooled off 10.5 basis points intraday to hit a low of 7.039%. They eventually ended at 7.057% on Thursday, 1st February, as against 31st January, close of 7.144%. These fiscal numbers, analysts said, are expected to cap the rise in bond yields in the coming months. I think uh, from a technical perspective, it will go below 7 and probably test 6.9%. While the economy is expected to grow at around 10.5%, uh, the revenue uh, is expected to grow by only 12%. Uh, that probably means that the the uh, the revenue or tax buoyancy, which was expected to be close to 1.4, has been underestimated, and this is in line with the finance minister's ongoing theme of under uh, 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 promise over deliver. So, will the government's fiscal gliding path suit bond markets and in turn equities? if they were to falter due to geopolitical risk and nervousness due to the general election back home? According to analysts, select equities which are dependent on market borrowings will benefit from softening bond yields in the near term. However, they caution that it may be too early to cheer the dip in bond yields from long-term perspective, especially at a time when India will be included in a major global bond index later this year. The numbers on the fiscal deficit that have been projected, 5.1%, seems uh, quite aggressive. I mean, I don't see how that is going to be met. And that is the real real question. I think the large caps will be very tepid, and especially given the, the headline uh, nominal GDP growth number, which I think is about 10.5% or so for large cap lies, because large caps need a strong nominal GDP growth numbers in order to grow. So I think, I think the large caps will continue to be very tepid. On the other hand, I think small caps are going to be absolutely on a roll. As lower-than-anticipated fiscal deficit and gross borrowing put debt markets in a sweet spot, it has bolstered the outlook for select equity pockets, especially banks. On 2nd February, markets will react to the fine print of interim budget along with Q3 results and global queues. He's making plans for an early retirement. Business Standard At about 58 minutes, it was perhaps the shortest budget speech by Nirmala Sitharaman. But it certainly carried a punch. Abhijit Kumar breaks down a few important numbers which got newsmakers' attention. Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman laid out the government's fiscal deficit target in the budget estimates for 2024-25. Continuing on the path of fiscal consolidation, she set the fiscal deficit target at 5.1%. This comes on the back of the revised estimate of the deficit at 5.8% for FY24. The budget estimate for FY24 was 5.9%. 
going by this trajectory, the government seems to be on the path to achieve its fiscal deficit target of less than 4.5% by FY26. To improve taxpayer services was Sitaraman's priority this time. Tax demands related to petty, non-verified and disputed direct taxes dating as far back as 1962 have been withdrawn. The outstanding direct tax demands up to 25,000 rupees till financial year 2009-2010 and up to 10,000 rupees from FY11 to FY15 have been exempted. She said the move is expected to benefit 1 crore taxpayers. On the infrastructure front, the finance minister announced an 11.1% increase in capital expenditure to 11.1 trillion rupees for FY25, pegging it at 3.4% of the GDP. However, in real terms, it is almost 18% increase compared to the revised estimate for CAPEX in FY24. Announcing a golden era for the tech-savvy youth, the union minister said that a 1 trillion rupees corpus will be established to allocate a 50-year interest-free loan. The move was announced to encourage the private sector to scale up research and innovation in rising sectors. Sita Raman further announced that under the Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana Rural, 20 million more houses will be built in the next five years to meet the demand arising from increase in the number of families. She informed the House that the government's initial aim of providing three crore houses to the rural poor was nearing completion. Emphasizing free electricity, she said that one crore houses will be enabled with rooftop solarization. This follows PM Modi's launch of Pradhan Mantri Suryodhya Yojana at the Ram Temple consecration ceremony. Sitaraman said that the move would allow households to save 15 to 18,000 rupees annually and increase employment and entrepreneurship in the sector. Salaried class, meanwhile, was a bit disappointed as the FM kept the rates unchanged. But they can now pin their hopes onto the full budget, which will be tabled in July. So that's all for today. For more news, views, and insights, please log into business-standard.com. Thank you for watching. For more news, views, and updates, Subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.